Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Welcome to The Storyteller's Microphone. Jen Bouchard's debut novel, First Course, was published in 2021 by Touchpoint Press. It's been the recipient of nine awards and wonderful recognition. It's been given the finalist award in the Women's Fiction category of the American Fiction Awards and the Independent Author Network Awards. Her short stories have appeared in multiple places. She's joining us today from the suburbs of Boston, where she lives with her husband and her two teenage children. Luckily, she is an avid cook, and that fills right into her amazing writing. So we'll talk about food and writing as well. She's also a Red Sox fan, and somehow she does all of this while still doing her full-time job, where for 22 years, she has been a high school social studies teacher. Jen, welcome to the Storyteller's Microphone. Thank you, Grace. I'm so glad we were able to connect today. I am as well. And I have to, first of all, thank you for teaching. My work has always been in the area of high schools. So I spent almost 30 years doing high school improvement across the country. And it's got to be the hardest job in America, not being the consultant, but being the teacher. So thank you for what you do every day in the classroom. Oh, thank you. It is, uh, it, it is really something because, you know, I, I know my content so well now, and I know how to talk to teenagers really well. Um, but, you know, it, it is a job that brings challenges every day. No, no day is like the day before. Absolutely. I would agree with you. So I want to talk to you starting out about your path to storytelling, because it was not on your bucket list. It was not on your radar. From everything I've read, you kind of got the idea from doing this, from listening to an author interview? I did. I started, um, I went to go hear Elizabeth Gilbert um, speak in person. It was right around the time of Big Magic, and she was very inspirational. And um, I had just finished a major volunteer position. I was the president of my college's alumni association for two years. And it was a position that was all encompassing. Um, I spent a ton of time uh, working with this alumni council that I led, um, going back to the campus in Maine where I had um, been as an undergrad and um, getting to know people from you know so, so many different um, decades um, that had gone to my college. And I absolutely loved it. And when it was over, there was a big hole and I had to try to figure out what, what to do with that. And I was you know, getting closer to 40 and I don't know, I think maybe a little bit of a midlife crisis going on at the same time. I was like, well, I, I, I'm not going to stop teaching, but I need to figure out something else just for me. And one day we were at the beach. It was towards the end of the summer. I was getting ready to go back to school. And I said to my husband, I think I'm going to try to write a novel. And he's like, okay. Um, and I hadn't written anything, any kind of fiction since I think middle school in any sort mm -hmm. of serious way. So I started actually going to hear a lot more authors speak and reading a lot more interviews, listening to them. And that really helped me a lot um, just to get a sense of their, their process, their story, their path. And as you know, everyone's path to publication looks different. Absolutely. So you got the idea and then it's set in coastal Maine. Yeah. And this is something I want to talk about. I want to talk about your book, but I love if you will, the idea of genre. It's something I'm becoming more intrigued about. Uh, it's something I think we're all as authors learning more about. You have a very special niche for your genre. Talk about that. 
So what has, and it wasn't really with any kind of intention, but I am an avid cook. And, um, you know, as I was starting to develop these ideas and thinking about what I wanted to to write about, you know, my husband said, you know, you, you really, you've got something there. You've got something different. I mean, there's plenty of people who write about food, but but not not everybody does that. And um, I am drawn to coastal stories. Um, I live in the suburbs of Boston. Um, I We are not that far from the coast. We spend a lot of time on the coast. I went to college in Maine, as I said, um, and the coasts of Maine and Massachusetts and parts of New Hampshire are, are very special to me. And so the idea of setting stories in these places while also incorporating this food aspect um, I'm very drawn to it. And I think, you know, people say, write what you know, and, and this is this is what I know. Um, and so I think at least for now, anyway, this is what I'm doing. And you actually identify your genre as coastal fiction. Coastal women's fiction um, and with a strong food focus to it. That's That's where I'm at. How did the food aspect really tie in? I know you're an avid cook. Was that always the case? Um, I started, you know, I grew up in a in a house with parents who both cooked, so I grew up eating very good food, um, which I think is is part of it, and have and I have an appreciation for it. Um, but I was a fairly picky eater growing up, and when um, and then after college, um, when I started having to figure out like more about like feeding myself, feeding my friends. Um, I started exploring it, probably not particularly well at first, and then it was really Ina Garten who changed everything for me. Um, I am she's she's my hero, um, and she's amazing. She's amazing, and I, I think that there's a lot of things I just didn't grow up enjoying eating, things like Brussels sprouts and butternut squash and and stuff like that. That once I started cooking them the way that she told me to, I was like, well, this tastes pretty good. Um, and so I started, you know, just becoming more adventurous in what I'd like to eat and, you know, kind of working my way through, um, through her books, the best, the best that I could. And I think that that has allowed me, um, to be able to, you know, write food descriptions and cooking descriptions and things like that, because I do it as well. And I find that when I am writing a lot, I actually am cooking a lot at the same time because I want to make sure I'm coming up with um, with new ideas to include and thinking about what would these characters eat at this point? And it was funny. Um, there was one time, I think it was last year, I said to my, he came downstairs and I said to my husband, I said, we're, we're having chicken empanadas tonight because I need to write about these. <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a whole other type of creativity, right? And I think that when we are creative, we tend to be more creative. Yeah. So it, it's fun to do that in the mm -hmm. kitchen. Your your answer makes me think of that wonderful movie, Julia and Julia. Yeah. So I just think you need to do an Ina and Jen book. Well, there is someone on Instagram who did that and he did it really, really well. <laughs> so um, his handle is store-bought is fine. If you've never seen it before, his name is Trent. He's delightful. We've interacted a little bit on Instagram. Um, so he did it. So, um, I, but I do feel like, you know, I, I have certain things that I go to with hers and then she's got a new book coming out this fall and I'm really excited about that. Um, but, you know, especially in the wintertime when it's freezing in Boston, barefoot in Paris, I, I work my way through a lot of those recipes. 
Let's talk about first course, because that really is the marriage of so many of your loves. I was drawn to your book because of the themes of reinvention Mm -hmm. and also the idea of you never really know what door is going to open or close for you. And those are themes a little bit in my own book, but my characters are much older. So I loved finding that in your book. Can you tell us more about First Course and why those themes? So, you know, in First Course, there's a lot of things that happen that are um, very jarring in the, in the beginning of the book. Um, the, the main character and her older sister um, lose their parents in a tragic accident. Um, and I'm not giving anything away because it's all in the back cover. And, um, uh, her older sister, um, Janie's older sister, Alyssa, found out that her husband's been very openly um, having an affair. Janie loses her job and her boyfriend, who was her boss. Um, so there's a, a number of things that happen in, in, in all in one day, and it's it's pretty awful. And so um, Janie and Alyssa and Alyssa's two daughters end up back at their family's um, beach house in Cape Elizabeth, Maine, which is just outside of Portland. So it's in southern Maine. Um, which is, it's just a beautiful spot. If, um, if anyone who's listening has ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but once they're there, they have to figure out kind of what's, what happens next. And of course there are a lot of different things that get thrown their way, um, that some of them are obstacles and some of them, as you said, are, are welcome doors that open for them. Um, but I, I think for me, I've always been drawn to reinvention. I've always been drawn to, um, considering second acts in life. And it, and while writing this, it, it became my own second act, which has been really fun because I did find this was just sort of an experiment of mine to see if I could write this. It took me two and a half years to write a first draft. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. I wasn't taking classes on craft or anything like that. I was literally, as I told you, listening to author interviews and reading author interviews. But I have found that I really enjoy it. Um, and it's something that I want to keep doing is something that I have kept doing since then. So, um, it has while writing about second acts, I found mine. I find that is so true. When I was writing my novel, I thought I was done. You know, I'd done the big career job. I had raised my kids. I had helped my parents, um, move on in life. And I just thought, okay, I'm done. I'm going to write the book. And then I never anticipated everything. And it sounds like your characters taught you something. They did. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, it was that there are there are all these possibilities out there and it might not look the way you think it's going to look. um, And that's okay. There are different there are different paths um, to the things that we we want in life. And sometimes we don't know what we want and it presents itself in strange ways and it surprises us. I think that's such a great message in your book. So you said that you continue to write. And um, what is next for you? So I, um, I, I launched first course last June and um, immediately started drafting Palms on the Cape, which I had been working on, you know, in a very kind of brainstormy sort of way. And, and then eventually I'm a, I'm a plotter, not a pantser for those of you who are writers out there. And I had um, plotted out, you know, a whole timeline and developed characters and all that. Um, and I started drafting Palms on the Cape um, last summer. It took me six months 
to um, to draft it, which was much quicker than two and a half years. So I was very happy about that. And um, I am querying it right now. I am trying to see if I can get an agent this time. I, I didn't get one last time. I, I published with um, a small traditional press, Touchpoint Press, um, unagented. But I'm, I'm seeing if there's anyone who's interested in working with me um, and, you know, kind of throwing it out there and um, see what happens. And and like I said, I did write some short stories sort of in between as well. I'm very impressed by that. I, I did write my first book in six months, but I have to tell you every other book has taken so much longer. So I want to talk a little bit too about the idea of being agented and unagented. This is something, the varied paths we have all found to publishing, traditional, hybrid, small press, big press, um, independent, why um, are you interested in an agent now? So I'm interested because um, I just kind of want to see where this can all go. Um, and I feel like I owe it to myself um, because distribution of books is challenging. And there's only so much that we as authors can do. And there's only so much that small presses can do in terms of distribution. And so... Um, you know, a lot of books are sold on Amazon. Um, and I did want to get into some bookstores. Um, to get into bookstores, I had to do that on my own. And I did I did get into some bookstores in the Northeast, which was, you know, a lot of work on my part, but fantastic. Um, some places are more amenable to working with a small press author than others. And, you know, but the story I heard from a lot of bookstores was, you know, you have a distribution issue. Um, you're with, you know, your press is too, is too small for us and, and things along those lines. And so, you know, it limited some events I could do um, and things along those lines. So I'd like to be able to, you know, reach more readers, um, be able to have events in more places and, you know, if, if you have an agent who's able to connect you to um, to someone, to a publisher who can who can work on distribution, that's great. Um, but I also think if, if, if that doesn't work out, um, it, it's fine. Like I, like we said, there are so many paths and um, working with a small press unagented was a lovely experience. And I had a fantastic editor. I agreed with every single edit she gave me. So, um, you know, it's really just about, you know, the, the possibility of having the book in more places for me. I think that whole, what I call the back of the house of our author work is astonishing to anybody. Well, it's astonishing to us, but I think it's even more astonishing to people right. who are not in it. You know, agent and unagented, the idea of accessibility, whether right. you do an audio book, which became so much more popular during COVID, what are those multiple ways to get our story out? And then why do we want to get that story out? Um, for me, it's very much about being able to talk to readers uh, about the transformations. And I think that that has been the most surprising thing to me about being an author is the back of the house. Yes, without a doubt. It's a whole new thing you have to learn about. Um, and, you know, I did a lot. I did a lot to educate myself ahead of time. I went to some seminars. I, I luckily gotten to go to the Grub Street Conference, Muse in the Marketplace, right, but, you know, what was it? April of 2019. So it was, I signed my contract 
in January, 2020. So I did know, I did learn a little bit at some seminars. I went to all these seminars on you know publicity and marketing and things like that, just to better understand it because I didn't really know. Um, and then I also read Courtney mom's book after the before and after the book deal, which was super helpful. Um, and also just leaning on the 2021 uh, debut Facebook group, they've been fantastic. So there's, there's a lot of networking and things like that, but I'm still learning new things every day. Oh, I totally agree with you. We talked a little bit about genre, but we're also very much, and this is something I think new to authors, or at least new to me in authors, is this concept of branding. Yeah. And you look very well branded. Can you talk about your brand? Um, I think just, you know, thinking about positioning first course in places that um, it might be attractive to customers. Um, I did an event at a cookware store in Maine, um, in Bath, Maine, which is fantastic. And we had biscuits from um, from the book, Janie's Biscuits, mm -hmm. there for samples, and and that was wonderful. Um, I've got I've got the the book for sale in a couple of gourmet shops, which is really nice. So you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier about playing up the the coastal element, the food element. I do have things going for me um in that way so that's helpful too and just you know down to the the swag i've given out you know i have spatulas first course spatulas i have my ll bean boat and tote bags that i use for um for raffles so i think you know having this attachment to maine and to food has been been helpful for the branding aspect and i think moving forward with palms and the cake when we eventually get that where it needs to be um you know attaching to Cape Cod and and finding opportunities there. I think that that also helps with the branding too. Another whole aspect of being a writer. One of the things that I enjoyed listening to you in some of your other interviews and doing a little bit of research is you kind of have a book buddy who helps you in your writing. I do. Um, my friends I love that. Yeah, she um she and I have been friends since we were 16 and we overlapped. We were both Navy brats. Um, we overlapped for one year in Washington State, um, west of Seattle, west of Puget Sound. And the Island? Um, no. Um oh, actually if you know beautiful. Bainbridge Island is on the other side of the sound, and then it's just to the west of Bainbridge. You take a bridge over, and then you're in what they call the Kitsap Peninsula. There's a submarine base over there. So, um, so we lived there, and um, we stayed in touch after after I moved. And then when um, I had just finished grad school for teaching, she was starting grad school for teaching in Boston. And, um, and then we would hang out all the time and um, have just stayed in touch over the years. And now you know, she's a teacher and I'm a teacher and we live, gosh, 25 minutes away from each other. So um, it's just funny the way life works out. She's an English teacher and she is not a writer, but she is a voracious reader and she has a really good eye for things um, and is able to read my writing and help me see things that I wouldn't see myself and, you know, really help me see it from a reader's perspective, which is really helpful. You know, I always think a book buddy or a beta group of readers is the thing that can help authors really bring that crispness to a story because we have it so real in our own heads that we sometimes don't see we're missing a piece that is so clear in our brain. But the reader goes, huh? 
So that's wonderful. Is she helping you with palms? Yes. Oh, she did. Yeah. I um I I dropped it on her front porch. Um, when was this? This was after I had edited it myself the best I could. Um, I dropped it on her front porch in January um, with a bottle of wine and said, thank you. Um, and she's definitely cheaper than, than any editor out there. So, um, so she um, had her way with it over the next few weeks. And then we got together and she took great notes and we went through a ton of stuff. And then I went back and made all my edits from based on that uh, and uh, started querying in March. Well, this is going to be great to read this. I can't wait till it comes out. As we're beginning to close today, I'd love for our listeners to know something maybe quirky about you that they're not going to find on your website or in your Instagram posts. So I'm trying to think of actually how to incorporate this at some point. So, um, you know, once again, we write what we know. Um, you know, here I, I love to cook and, um, and I make all sorts of things, including breakfast things. Um, I don't like eggs. I don't like to eat eggs. I like to, I mean, I'll put them in things. I'll make French toast. I'll make, you know, brulee, all these things, um, all sorts of baked goods, but I don't sit, I don't sit down and eat scrambled eggs or hard boiled egg or anything like that. I just don't like them. So I developed a character in Palms in the Cape, Carlos, who's like the, you know, kind of the main guy. Um, he's, he's like me. And so they actually develop a breakfast special, the Carlos special um, in the book at the, at the beach bar restaurant. Um, you know, based on his, uh, his dislike of eggs. So I'm going to, I'm going to use this. I'm going to do something with this um, eventually. Um, and it will, will be Instagram worthy, but I just haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do it yet. Wonderful. And we'll wait for that. Thank you for being a guest today. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Grace. This is great. This has been a copyrighted episode of the storytellers by authors on the air, global radio network and Grace Salmon. Thanks for being with us today. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories, tell your own, and come back for another episode. Because when our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.